So today on War and Wait, I have the Divorce Confidant. Joy Bartholomew joins me for a sister-to-sister conversation about overall health and how we can show up as our best selves. She's a certified divorce coach, she's a podcaster, she's a yoga teacher, and she's a single mom both to her kiddos and her dogs. She actually retired from being a police officer for over 30 years, and I have to laugh when I think about that. Like, how many women does she help stay out of jail during a divorce, too? You know, well, maybe. I'm kind of kidding, but not kidding. You know, after experiencing her own divorce and the drama that was really around um, all of the events that happened, she wanted to be a resource for women and navigate, help them navigate their way through a divorce, their co-parenting, and their single mom life. I love that she's taken a very difficult life experience and turned it into a way to help other women. Does that sound familiar? I'm sure you're already figuring out that we hit it off just like old friends. In her coaching practice, you know, her hope is to really help women to get through safe passage is the, is the phrase that she uses, which I think is beautiful. Just avoiding some unnecessary pitfalls they can so they can start to reclaim themselves and rebuild after a divorce. So once again, I'm bringing you on a guest that's walk the walk and talk the talk. So but sisters, I'm sure you're thinking, I'm going to skip this episode if divorce doesn't apply to me. But I want you to go into this episode with an open mind. This episode is not for women just going through a divorce. The topics Joy and I talk about today are things that women need to focus on no matter what their marital state is. However, if you're in need of this type of help, I hope you will reach out to Joy. She is absolutely a joy to talk to. So as we go into this episode, what if instead of waiting until a major life event like a divorce or a major health crisis like mine, we actually start finding ourselves, reclaiming ourselves and releasing, unleashing the very best version of ourselves right now? If there's one thing I hear from others, it's that they never regret making positive change, but our only regret is that we didn't start sooner. So I hope this episode encourages you to find your best self and try to find her now. Hey sister, welcome to the War on Weight. Do you want to find some motivation to finally lose your extra pounds? Do you want to feel great in your favorite pair of jeans? Do you want some weight loss that's actually sustainable? Have you given up that any program will ever work for you? Well, I'm Keitha and I'm your new best friend. I've spent a lifetime on the losing side of the battle. I felt frustrated, exhausted, self-conscious, and despite any success I had in life, I felt like a failure, but I finally won the war. How did I do it, you ask? I discovered how to implement simple, healthy habits, how to completely revamp my mindset, and embrace some things that were causing me to turn to food over and over again. Lastly, I discovered how to make nutrition really super simple. And after just a few short months of fueling my body properly, I dropped more than 50 pounds, and I'm maintaining it by practicing all the healthy habits you're gonna learn on this podcast. So if you're tired of feeling like a prisoner in your own body, You're buying clothes to hide your body, not celebrate it. You're done having your weight affect all your relationships with others and more importantly with yourself. You no longer want to eat your feelings and then beat yourself up about it. Then this is the podcast for you. Let's armor up sister and fight this war on weight together. Alrighty, today on War on Weight, I have a very special guest. I have Joy is here with me. I know it's going to be a great episode, Joy. You know, I think... You know, I I talked a little bit about you in the intro, but I really want to get you to tell my listeners a little bit more about you. Um, You know, tell us some like some real life stuff. How did you get into divorce coaching? 
So thank you very much for having me on your show today. I'm super excited to be here and so excited to be able to talk to you and to your folks about, you know, divorce coaching and kind of the dramas with divorce a little bit and, and how this kind of works together, um, what you do, what I do, and maybe what it is they're going through. I was a actually a police officer for 30 years, and um, I was married to another officer on our department and uh, realized through the course of things towards, obviously towards the end, that he was having an affair with one of my girlfriends, um, my daughter's best friend's mom. And she and I were close and we would do girls trips together and those kinds of things. And um, through the separation and divorce, it was interesting how things ebb and flow, right? How your emotions just go up and down. And I did a lot of inner work at that point in time. I became a yoga teacher through Yoga Faith. Uh, I went on girls trips. I started doing a lot of things for me that I had neglected when I was married. And I think that it was very eye-opening and I found my voice and I found new passions and new things to do. And through this, I went through and got certifications and life coaching and health and resilience and decided, you know, I wanted to help the people, the women who were going through this process like I had. I wish I would have had somebody to turn to to be able to help me through maybe finding the right attorney or or dealing with budgets and co-parenting. And and I kind of found as I was rebuilding myself and reclaiming myself that there weren't a lot of voices in this field um, to be able to step in and help other women. So I kind of fell into this niche in regards to divorce coaching because of what I had gone through and the training that I had received and, you know, bringing that yoga into it, the meditation and really pulling that together with life experience was where I fell into this place. And I just feel really blessed to be able to help women and support them and help them find their voice on this journey. Cause it's not easy. It's, it's a hard place to be. And sometimes just having a guide to support you is, you know, just that little bit of extra help to get you on your way. Oh my gosh. So much is in all of that. First and foremost, I want to say is that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. So if you, but my listeners who's li- listened, you know, during this last seven months that we've been, I've been doing the show that one of the things that I promised was I would bring on guests that not only are experts at what they do, but also have walked through whatever they're talking about. And so whether, you know, some of the women listening may have gone through a divorce, maybe they haven't. Um, I personally went through one and Lord knows I needed a coach during that because I did not behave well. I did not know all the things. And you're absolutely right. There's not a lot of voice there. And especially, I think in the Christian realm, there's really not a lot of support there as well. Like there's it it's really hard to find that there it really is. And, you know, and I was lucky to have a few people that gave me a lot of solid, I feel con- console during that, but it was just. But, you know, just knowing that what you offer for women is so valuable. And that's why I knew that you coming onto the show one, you're going to, there's going to be some women listening that, that need your specific coaching and resources around divorce. But then there's the rest of us who don't, and we're still praying that we never need that again. So, but what I loved about what you also coach is about, you know, 
all the resources that you give for women and the way that you have, you and I have talked about what you do, you really, these all are things we can put into practice before we have a divorce. And these are all the things that women need to learn how to do. You know, one of the things that we talk about, you know, in the habits of health book is about, you know, stress reduction and energy management and mindset. And it's not always just about food. Like there's so many other things. And that's where I think that, that you really can, can give us some insight on that. Some of a lot of guests that I've had on the past, we've talked about this word balance and what does it look like? And I wonder if it's often something that we're chasing kind of like this imaginary hoop we're trying to jump through to find balance. So describe to me what you mean when you say you want to help women find balance. Oh, that's so good because balance is different for everybody. Right. And there's this new buzzword. Like I love balance in the way that, you know, you've got this work-life balance. Well, that's not always 50, 50, right. You need to figure out what that balance is for you. And then you've got this new buzzword that's integration and integrating kind of the two together. That isn't my favorite way to do things. I know some people thrive in, in that area in, in kind of in that lane, I stay in kind of more of a balance lane, um, than trying to marry, um, work and home life, because to me, that's too distracting. I like balance in so much as the time blocking. Like if I'm devoting eight to noon to work, I really want to devote that time to work. And then I can devote other time to the family because I want to be able to give them 100% of my time. There was a point in time in my career, I did a lot of community outreach when I was a police officer and I would have to go to meetings at night or get phone calls in the evening. I would be standing at the stove on the phone, trying to shush the kids, making dinner, they're watching cartoons, I'm sending emails and I was never fully present. So what I love in, in finding that balance is being able to schedule my day in such a way that I can close one and open the other and have no problems giving my kids 100% attention, giving myself 100% attention. And because I've blocked off my time that way, because I found that balance and it may be 30% work and 50% kids one day and 20% me, like it evolves depending on who you are, what your job is, if you're stay-at-home mom, how old your kids are. And so I think that we get stuck in this balance that's 50-50. I have to do, you know, the scales have to equal. And I don't think that that's very normal for most people. I don't think that's achievable for most people. So yeah, there are going to be times that you might be 60% work and 20% family for a short period of time. And then you can kind of get it back into more of a centered alignment but you need to be open to that ebb and flow of those seasons of your life, of your kid's life, of your work, what those expectations are. Oh, that's, that is so good. So I, you're kind of speaking my love language about block scheduling. So I, I feel like that type of scheduling is intentional. So it may not be intentional. It may not be a balance Mm -hmm. by any stretch. You know, like you said, some weeks are 90% work, 10% family, but then other weeks for me, because my life looks a lot different. And just like every woman has their own special circumstance. So I may have weeks where it's 90% work and 10% family. And then 
two weeks later, it's 90% family and fun and then 10% work. But it's the intentionality. If I could just keep myself focused during my block that's scheduling. That's a whole other topic. That's, that, we could do a whole nother um, episode on that because Lord knows I, I do my block scheduling. And when people look at my calendar, sometimes they're like, what in the world? It's color coded. I have different activities that I have that are color coded. So I know this is what this is what my ideal week should look like. And so then what I do is at the end of the day, I go back and I look, where did I, where was I off? If I set myself up for a really good week or a really good day to give myself some peace, some breathing time, some, you know, time to even take a shower. Like these are the things that sometimes, but whenever you vary from that at all, sometimes you end up not having time to take a shower or not being able to do the thing you know, you had an hour set aside to do something that's fun, but because you were so distracted and I say you, I mean, me is so distracted during that time that you had four hours set aside for work and you didn't get what you needed done in that four hours because you were distracted or doing other things. So you, then it kind of flips around. So I try to set my day up for very for success, what I know it needs to look like. And then it's interesting for me to watch how I vary from it, but I never stop trying to find that because if you're intentional about your time, then you're going to be satisfied. And I think that goes back to like, when I was saying that we I've had some other guests on, we've talked about like trying to find harmony versus balance, like what works for you, what feels good for you. And I think that goes back to our core values. You know, what are our core values that drives us to set our block schedule the way that it is? And I heard you saying like, for you, you want to be present with your children. You know, that is, I mean, it's, and so everybody has different core values that they're trying to get out of their day and out of their week and their month. And for women to find that and know this is how I am putting myself out into the world. And I feel good about it when I lay down at night. So one of the things that, that we I've also talked to a lot of my guests about is about morning routines. How do they set their st- self up for days? Um, and then you talk a little bit about evening rituals as well or evening routines. So tell me how that works in your practice. What can you recommend to women that would help them find that balance by setting themselves up through their morning and their evening routines? I love having those bookend routines, right? Like starting your day off, right? Ending your day, right? There's craziness and chaos in the middle. Don't get me wrong. But if you can start your morning, like you were saying, intentionally, if you can start your morning with intention rather than that hopping out of bed and just kind of your hair's on fire. And it's, it feels like that the whole rest of the day. But mm-hmm. if you can start your morning, I don't care if it's 10 minutes where you can just sit there and have a little bit of quiet time for yourself, a little reflection, maybe a little stretching, a little movement before you get up and before your feet hit the ground, then that is going to give you at least a little bit of time to get yourself set for the day. I like to have, now that I'm, um, you know, working from home and, and I'm pseudo retired, I like having an hour in the morning and I know that's a luxury for me. I, I listened to one lady. She goes, yeah, I, I do like a four hour morning routine. I'm like, lady, that's halfway through my day. Like, what do you do for four hours? Four hours. Um, I, it was crazy. Um, but if I can get a half hour, great. If I can get an hour, I'm doing so much better. And it just, 
it sets the pace. It sets the tone of my day. I can get some movement. I can get some meditation. I can get some prayer, some reading devotionals. Um, and, and it just allows me to ease into the day again, rather than having my hair set on fire and just running out the door with the kids, um, at least when they were younger. So morning routines, I think, just create that intentionality and create that, that tone for the day. You don't feel like you're catching up because you've started off in this uh, a little smoother way in the morning. My evening routine is my favorite, though. My evening routine really is being able to start closing down, to be able to shut the date down, wind down. So that way, by the time I actually snuggle in under the covers, I'm ready to sleep. I've, you know, turned off my um, TV, my phone. I've turned off all of that blue light. I'm giving my body a rest. I'm having tea at night. Um, you know, I don't usually eat after seven o'clock. So I can just start that either intermittent fasting kind of a thing, or at least allowing my body to start that rest and digest. Mm -hmm. um, some nights I know I'll kick on the essential oils if I've had a rough day or if I've had a busy day, take that nice warm shower, the nice snuggly uh, flannel jammies, whatever it is. But I find this time is really my comfort time and to wind down and to allow myself to really get in that space, half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour again, where it's an alone time. And maybe I'll read a book, it, you know, it, it, does differ a little bit, but it's that hour to myself and I get to pick and choose like, like dim sum, right? Like one from column A, one from column B. And, and I'll sit there and go, well, tonight, I really don't feel like reading tonight. I think I'm going to take that nice warm shower. Um, tonight, I feel like reading, uh, but do I want to read fiction or nonfiction? You know, so it just allows me a little bit of, of latitude in, in how I do it, but it's still that me time to myself nice and quiet, maybe some soft music, and then off to dreamland I go. Sleep is so important. And oh, whether it's your type of client or mine, sleep mm -hmm. applies. It's, it's just so important because we, if we don't rest, we don't have the mental capacity to handle things that are being thrown at us during the day. We just don't respond as well. You know, especially when, when, one of, if someone like one of your clients is going mm -hmm. through a divorce, they're having a lot of emotional spikes during the day. You know, when you definitely, get the, you get this phone call of about this, that, or the other that you weren't expecting, or it's the, this post on social media that you saw that sent you into a tailspin. But at the same time, as a woman that happens with all situations, you know, all the time. Uh, yeah. And so it's, so learning to how to, to work through some of these things in any situation is so important. And so when, if you don't sleep, kind of give us a little bit of background of how you feel like it affects your day the overall, I know that's a really big question, but how, you know, when you're not able to rest and that's why those, this evening routine is so important because if we, you know, to get that sleep that we need, but how do you see that it affects us? And then I'll, from your standpoint, from your clients, and then I'll try to tell a little bit how it affects my clients. Yeah. I, I think when we don't sleep well, we're irritated, we're edgy, we're 
we wake up angry, right? It's like, you know, the lack of sleep, the lack of food, you know, you're not hangry, you're just, you're just tired, you're fatigued, you're exhausted. And so what happens when you do that, you eat more, you, you uh, work out less, you're, you're not in your normal routine. And now you're even more off kilter. And then when you get that little pebble in the road, that little stumbling block, it looks like a boulder. And all of a sudden you were talking about that emotional spike. And that's exactly what happens. Like you sit there and you fly off the handle and your um, response is completely triggered, completely off kilter, off balance. And all of a sudden you're responding in this emotional way rather than this rational, logical way. And usually you're not making things better. Right. Your ex is sending you, your ex is sending you a text about the kids. Hey, can we switch a weekend? And all of a sudden you're like, and you lose your mind. And it was a simple request. It was something that you could have easily, when you weren't tired and overly overwhelmed and overly exhausted, that you could have balanced much easier. But all of a sudden, because you are so tired, you just, you don't have the emotional wherewithal to be able to allow that to find its natural um, ebb and flow. And so I think that there's there's so many ways that we make poor decisions when we lack sleep. Oh, absolutely. I know for myself personally, if I don't sleep, I'm hungrier. Oh gosh, yeah. Because my and body I make bad decisions. Mm-hmm, my body is about what to, I eat. My body is saying I need something or my brain is saying I need something. And you're, 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 you're constantly in your head all day trying to figure out what it is and what we need is sleep and, and need rest, but it takes us a while to figure that out. And so I know I personally feel so much better when I get sleep and, and my morning routine, I do have my calendar blocked off in the morning um, for about an hour and a half is what I give myself. But I do get up when my first alarm goes off in the morning, I determine how did I sleep? And sometimes I say, I let it go to that next alarm, which is an hour and a half later, because if I wake up when that first alarm goes off and I have not slept well, I'm, I say, what's best for Keitha today? Is it better that I sleep for another hour or is it better that I get up and get the things done that I need to get done, which is my movement and, you know, food prepping and, you know, and journaling and reading my Bible, things like that thing. Those things are high on my priorities. But if I haven't slept, none of those things are going to serve me well. So I really love that, that you talk about, about a really good morning and evening routine, you know, so do you have any like quick tips for sleep or slash stress, stress reduction? That is a crazy, how did I couldn't get that out this today? So give us some tips um, on sleep and stress reduction for the listeners. Sure. Of course. Um, you know, I think rest again is just so important and it's not just that sleep rest. Um, I think that we need to look at our mental rest. We need to look at our emotional rest and your thoughts, um, create your feelings and your feelings, create your actions, you know? So like, if you didn't sleep well, you're going to be more emotional and then your actions are going to be kind of off filter. So finding that rest in your, your body, but also Um, allowing your mind to slow down. And again, just like we were talking about journaling, like getting, letting all of those things release out on paper, those emotional things out on paper. And, and I think that 
slowing down and finding that rest in, in different layers and different parts of our life are definitely very helpful. Um, again, the prayer and the meditation, learning to say no. How many of us have feel that we're obligated to say yes to everything that comes across our, our table, every request that comes through an email? And it's just really hard, but I think that's part of the process that part of that rest and slowing down process is learning to say no. Um, I also, that's a really that, good, that's a really good tip. And women are not good at saying no. We aren't because, you know, we need to learn to leave that superhero cape, you know, packed up in the closet. We don't need to do it all and be it all for everybody. And we need to sometimes be a little selfish and focus on what we need and prioritize ourselves sometimes. And that's hard. Like you're saying for a lot of women to say no. And, and it's, it's that need to feel, you know, that you're nurturing and that you're taking care of things. But sometimes we need to ask for help and we need to be able to delegate and we need to find carpools for the kids, or we need to meal prep and put things in the freezer. And we need to kind of plan ahead. And if you have this opportunity, it will help you slow down. It will help you uh, manage your time, your emotions, your kids, your life, just so much easier. So learning to delegate and ask for help because we're made for community and we're made for that um, to, to reciprocate those things. So just seeing if we can ask for help. Um, I think health and movement, just drinking your water, getting um, movement in, even if it's low impact, like I said, I teach yoga. And a lot of times that's my movement. It's walking and yoga. Those are my movements for the week. But I find that I need to make sure that I'm eating clean and drinking my water. And because that's going to help flush out those toxins, that's going to release um, some of that stress that I'm carrying. So when I do go to bed at night, that I can sleep easier. Um, and again, scheduling and planning, making sure that like we were talking about that time blocking, I love it. And I'll have like little Swiss cheese, um, holes of time and I'll put an email or a phone call in there or do certain things. But I think if I know my schedule, like I look at my to-do list in that um, half hour, hour morning routine, um, just to get a lay of the land for my day. And just knowing what I have on the calendar in front of me, like there are no surprises. It's not going to be silly, crazy. Um, but being, being able to plan that out, I think rather than flying by the seat of your pants is just so much easier for women in general, busy moms, moms going through divorce and separation, because we need to know what's, uh, going to be on our, the calendar for our day. We really need to be able to, to plan ahead. Wow. It, it's amazing. The difference for me personally, when I go to bed, if I look at my calendar before I go to bed mm -hmm. or if I don't. So if I, sometimes I will wake up in the middle of the night going, I wonder what time my first meeting's at. Like that's a complete sleep disruptor. Oh, completely. And like, if and I had gone gone mm -hmm. to bed and said, okay, all right, I need to get some sleep. My first meeting's at 6am. Hello. You cannot stay up and watch TV till 11. Like that doesn't serve you well. So it's interesting. Like you really just setting yourself up really does create an environment 
to where that you can deal with high emotions. And so we talk about all these things and I'm sure the listeners are like, how does this relate to being a divorce coach? I think we kind of hit it a little bit earlier is that divorce is a high, high emotional and taxing on our emotions, mentally, physically, spiritually time. And so that's why this is so important. So in whether or not we're just trying to get healthy or we're going through a divorce or a family crisis, all of these things play such a key role in being doing it before it happens. So a lot of times in divorce, I'm sure you run into this with people is that they go into this state and it's all of a sudden chaos. Their life is turned upside down, heartache. And then it's now trying to figure out self-care. So here we are trying to teach them a little bit proactiveness. Exactly. And it doesn't matter. Like you were saying where you are, these are always things that you can put into place. But as if you're going through divorce, it's so much more important, I think, to regulate those emotions, make sure that, you know, um, central nervous system is really in that rest and digest phase, Mm -hmm. making sure that you're, um, allowing your body to optimize itself because you need that through this process, right? You need those organizational skills, you need certain tools, but at the base of it, if your body and and mental and emotional and physical capacity isn't at its optimum level, then it's going to be very hard for you to manage all of these other taxing components the divorce process throws at you. Absolutely. So we've kind of talked about some self-care. So now tell our listeners a little bit about where they can find you and maybe some key things that you can help them with if they are going through a divorce. Sure. Um, So my website is the Divorce Confidant, divorce-confidant.com. So I can be found there and I hang out mostly on Instagram and it's the divorce underscore confidant on Instagram. So those are kind of the, the two main places that, uh, that I can be found. And I think that, um, you know, really just being able to help women through the divorce process, right? Like do, what kind of attorney do I need? Do I need an attorney at all? Do I need a mediator? Or can we do this online? Helping them figure out their budget. Uh, I've worked with women who go, I'm a stay at home mom. I don't know that I can get divorced. I don't know that I, I have the, the budget, the finances to make that work. So it's really working with women through this divorce process. Like what do they need, how to organize it and how to streamline it a little bit easier for them. Um, the second area I work with women is in co-parenting, especially if you've got a high conflict divorce, um, a, an ex who is, you know, not very predictable it helps to have somebody who can help you with your communication, help support you through your scheduling, um, through your parenting plan. It can be very helpful that way. And in the third area, I really like helping women is to rebuild, reclaim, and find their voice into their single life, right? You're going to be a single mom, but you're also a single woman. You may want to jump back into that dating pool. You may want to find Um, some companionship, you might just want to do single life well. And how do you do that? And so those are the three areas that I I typically work with women, divorce, co-parenting and single life. 
That's awesome. I think that you definitely provide a very unique service and it definitely is one that is needed. And for any women who have ever been there, they know how difficult those things are. And just, I mean, even talking to an attorney's to me, that was very stressful. Like I would have much rather talked to someone like you and said, okay, no, this is the kind of attorney you need because every attorney tells you that they're the kind that you need. And then you're not sure who who do you trust? I, I I didn't know back in the day when I was getting one that you could interview attorneys, I got a recommendation and we, I hired him. Like, I didn't know that you could go ask them a series of questions and what they bill and how they handle things. Like I didn't know these things. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's such a a wide array of information and attorneys and ways to do divorce. Um, that I I hate for people just to go out and hire, you know, the, the shark because Mm -hmm. they're angry with their ex. And I'm just going to hire the person who's going to, you know, be out for blood. Right. And, you know, and especially if you're in a co-parenting situation, that doesn't always end well. Like it's really no. hard to be, to have a peaceful co-parenting when you're both carrying an ax. <laughs> it's, it's really, really difficult. Well, this has been fun. And I was so thankful that you joined the show today. I know that you are, your resources that you have on your website, which um, we didn't talk about, by the way, those journaling prompts. Let's oh, quickly talk okay. about. Let's talk about those for a second, because sure. I read through them and they are phenomenal. So tell us a little, cause it's, I think they're labeled, um, how you, there, you have them labeled under peace. Maybe is that the topic they're under? Yes. So in the resource section on the website, there's a couple of free downloads. And one of them is, uh, um, journaling prompts for peace through divorce. Yeah calm and peace. So, you know, it really is, um, opportunities, whether it's divorce, whether it's grief, whether it's, you know, just the stress of being a mom or, or, you know, a working woman, um, that you can utilize those in different ways to help you find your grounding and some hopefully emotional balance. Absolutely. I read through them and I thought they were phenomenal for any woman, um, whether they're trying to get a divorce or lose weight or just take care of themselves. And then the other thing that you had on there for your free resource was like a, was a happy, like things to do type thing as a single woman, right? Oh my gosh. Correctly. So it's always funny. There's that, there's that phrase that was out there though, that hot girl summer. Oh, so this was, so this was fun mom summer. And so the idea being is what can you do either by yourself or with your girlfriends uh, over the summer? And I think there were 30 or 40 different maybe activities to try to do, you know, from um, obviously more active, like going horseback riding or doing, you know, some outdoorsy things uh, and then some indoorsy things, like maybe going for high tea or something a little different, trying some new things maybe that you've never tried, but it's amazing. I, I went to dinner the other night by myself and had a lovely time <laughs> chatted with the lady next to me and it was perfectly fine. But you find so many people, especially divorced, won't go out and do things by themselves. But how are you going to do anything? How are you going to meet new people if you aren't able to even go out to dinner by yourself? I've done the movies by myself, different things. So it's just an opportunity maybe to check a few boxes of something new. You know, when talking about going out to eat by yourself, I'll never forget the first time I was challenged to do that. I went, I'd never done it before ever. And I was 37. 
And if it's not I cried. familiar with, it's it's new. No I cried. Okay. I cried the entire meal. And then I did it again. And I'm like, oh, this is easier. And then it's easier. And then it gets easier. And then it gets easier. And then before you know it, I was traveling by myself. And I was doing all these things that I had never really been equipped to do. And that's why I loved your list of activities. Because no one ever told me these are the things that I needed to be doing by myself. I got married young. And Uh so I never did those things alone. I did them with friends and then I had kids and, or my spouse. I mean, it was, no one ever tells you that these are the things you need to experience by yourself. And it's, and as I've talked to different women, it's so surprising to hear how many people have never gone out to a restaurant by themselves. Right. And, and whether you're married or whether you have kids, sometimes it's just good to go out and do something alone by yourself mm-hmm. for yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, uh, I like the way you put it. It's a challenge, right? It's a challenge for us to do those things, but mm-hmm. why not step into something new? Yeah. And not wait to have to get a divorce to do it. Like exactly. we, we don't have to wait until we get into crisis to do these things that will make us better women in general, because right. we will mm-hmm. love ourselves more will be better and be able to show up better for the people in our worlds as we put these things into practice. Well, thank you again for being here. And this has been so much. Yes. Thanks again. Sister, could you relate? Did you feel that woman inside of you just trying to break free? If so, then we need to be friends. Head on over to the Facebook and send me a friend request. I'll actually accept it. You'll get my daily healthy eating recipes and see all the fun I have living a larger life in my smaller body. And you may even get a laugh or two over me and my 50 plus chickens. I proudly claim the crazy chicken lady title. Plus, you might get some gardening tips on growing your own healthy meals. You'll quickly fall in love with my chocolate lab Brady and one of my many cats. You'll also see that I am a lipstick loving, coffee drinking, mom, wife, and Jesus freak. Can't wait to see you over on Facebook. And more importantly, I really want to hear your thoughts on the show. I want to see your written reviews. Take 60 seconds and leave me a written review and then screenshot it and go on Instagram and tag me so I can give you a proper thank you for your review. If you're already thinking I might be the coach from you, you can go ahead and schedule a free appointment with me at coachkeitha.com. And how you spell Keitha is K-E-A-T-H-A, coachkeitha.com. You can find all my social links in the show notes as well as my website link. Thanks again for listening to my show. I'll see you on the battlefield. Until next time.